Imputed Podcast starts right now. All right, everybody, welcome to the Asman and Budic Show, the NBA trade deadline special. And we got a lot in store. Last time we were on the air, we were talking about the All-Star break, but with the All-Star break being a full week this season, we actually had the NBA trade deadline before the games resumed, and a lot of deals going on today. Name a team in the NBA some way or another. It felt like they were involved. Of course, the Brooklyn Nets and the Knicks were involved in some moves, which we'll get to. But to talk some NBA trade deadline, we're going to bring on our good friend and our Long Island consultant. He runs our Long Island office. He's also a graduate of Syosset High School like Dan and I are, and his name is Anthony Leo. Anthony, it's a pleasure to have you on this program finally. Oh, glad to be here. Uh, thanks, guys, for finally having me on the show. I know we always talk about the Long Island office as we so go. Well, you're running it. You're in charge. It's your, it's, it's your show. I try to consult from home, you know, do what I got to do to help the show out. So uh, are we ready to talk some NBA trade deadline? Hey, absolutely. It was a wild day for the NBA trade Let's deadline. Just, we'll start with this. Let's just count the amount of teams that were involved in this because we have, we, we have a list in front of us. We'll go Blazers, Bucks, Celtics, Heat, Suns, Pistons, T-Wolves, Nets, Jazz, Rockets, Thunder, Knicks, Pelicans, Philly. Those are the amount of teams that were just involved in this trade deadline that as we sit here passed almost two hours ago. So let's count them. One, the Blazers. Two, the Bucks. Three, the Celtics. Four, the Heat. Five, the Suns. Six, the Pistons. Seven, the T-Wolves. Eight, the Nets. Nine, the Jazz. Ten, the Rockets. 11, the Thunder, 12, the Knicks, 13, the Pelicans, and 14, Philly. Oh, and we got more, actually. The Kings are 15, the Wizards are 16, and the Sixers are 17. Wow. So you have 17 teams involved in the trade deadline. That's pretty unbelievable, considering earlier this season, you saw the Knicks make some moves with the Cavs. You saw Denver make some moves with Moscow going to Cleveland. You saw Waiters getting dealt to the Thunder. So you saw some moves earlier in the year, and then an NBA uh, trade deadline, you have 17 teams out of the, what is it, 32 teams in the league or 30 teams in the NBA that are currently I mean, it right was now. it was It was every 20 minutes, it seemed like, early late in the morning, early the afternoon, that there was rumors of a trade going down. Even going back to last night, it was a wild trade deadline. Anthony, real quick, starting out is, of course, we have Anthony Leo on the show. Are you surprised the Sixers dealt Michael Carter-Williams? I'm very surprised they dealt Michael Carter-Williams. You know, he was the centerpiece of their organization, someone that they drafted, and we're looking to go with the future with him. I did not think they're going to draft, you know, another you know point guard, and that they're going to stick with him. And they decided to trade him, and now they're going to go with someone else. So uh, we'll see what they do. And but they did tack on uh, three first-round picks heading over to this draft in 2015, and they're going to go for the tank game, and they're going to try and get Joe Local for it. Looks like. Well, you know what's unbelievable about the Sixers is Sam Hickey, their GM. He's all about just trading for picks, trading for picks. But we'll start with the Carter-Williams deal because I didn't really understand it. You know, they're obviously tanking as the Knicks are, but they had some assets. They have Embiid. They had uh, Norland Noel, who's finally playing this season for them. Carter-Williams was the rookie of the year last year. You're, not, you're, you're trying to rebuild, but you already had a really nice piece. I didn't really understand that move. I get it. They had the picks. But Carter-Williams is a fan favorite of I mean, he's really the face of their franchise, so to speak. So, you know, that, no. that, that was surprising to me to see them make that move. And then, obviously, your team, I know you're a big Thunder guy, Anthony. Your, your team today made a lot of big-time moves today, and they ended up walking away with, you know, a, a with several players, and obviously DJ Augustine, they they ended up getting our former Knicks Steve Doe back there. But of course, they were rumored to take Brook Lopez, and they ended up not making that deal with Brooklyn. Yeah, um, they changed their minds at the last minute. It seems like the last 20 minutes of the trade deadline, they decided to change their minds and uh, go away from the Brook Lopez idea. Um, I do like the idea that they did go with the, with the deal they did go with. Um, I wasn't really a fan of the Brook Lopez idea for a guy that's going to be 
I'm making $17 million next year, was cumulatively do one thing. He doesn't rebound well. He doesn't block shots. He's more of like a, an outside post type of center that just wants to shoot, and he just scores the ball. And as you know, the Thunder have plenty of that between Durant, Westbrook, and the rest of the guys. So the Lopez deal I really didn't like. But what they did do with the Pistons and also Utah, I did like. I did like the uh, Cantor addition. Uh, he's a young, young center with a lot of um, upcoming uh, things he can do in the NBA. I think he's going to be great. Um, I like the singular addition to come off the bench and help for a playoff run. And the biggest thing I like out of it is the DJ Augustine. DJ Augustine, we've seen back up other point guards throughout his career recently as far as, you know, when Derrick Rose is out, he helped the Bulls in their playoff run. So he has playoff experience. He's someone that can really help out. So I think that was a big move. And then Novak was just pretty much a throw in at this point. But uh, Novak, from what we're being, from what I'm seeing, is going to be bought out because of uh, the roster space. The roster space. Reggie Jackson obviously being dealt. I know you were a big fan of Reggie Jackson. Sad to see him go? Yeah, I mean, I'm sad to see him go. He's a big part of the uh, what we did. I mean, last year in the playoffs, you know, he had that monster game against Memphis and helped us, you know, help the Thunder move on to the Western Conference Finals before they eventually did lose. But um, he was a big part of what they did. So, I mean, it, but the way Sam Presti works is Sam Presti is the type of GM where he's not going to let a player walk away in free agency, and he wants to trade them before the deadline and get something back, as you saw with the Harden deal, and now if you see where James Harden is, just imagine if we did end up keeping Harden over Ibaka, and if Harden was on the Thunder, where well, you'd have Harden, Westbrook, and Durant. The, yeah, the imagine. that would be. Only problem with that was, you know, in the last season with Harden, the Thunder were last in the league in assists, so the, the scoring just couldn't share the ball well enough. So what they did, I mean, it, it worked out in the end. And you know what's unbelievable looking at you know some of the moves that went down? The Knicks actually, in my opinion, we'll talk about the local teams right now. We'll get to the Nets in just a second because I put something out on Twitter just before that. It's blowing up with people just criticizing Billy King. We'll go through that in just a second. But let's talk about the Knicks for a second because the Knicks have been under fire with, with the way they handled the Melo situation, and I'll address that first. I think the idea that Carmelo Anthony wanted to play in the All-Star game was okay as long as he's ready for opening day. Agreed. But he, you find out he has surgery and he could miss four to six months, that's a big-time surgery. And if he has a setback and he's not ready for opening day, shame on Phil Jackson allowing this guy to dictate his own future, play him in the All-Star game where he played 30 minutes and then shut it down right after. And he wasn't even productive. No, and he had an awful All-Star game, too. He shot 2 of 13 from 3, but that's besides the point. But So th- that's my one gripe with Phil and the Knicks. Because if Melo's not ready and he has a setback and his rehab is goes unexpectedly longer than it should, that's going to affect him. And, you know, Looking at what the Knicks did today, they dealt Pablo Prigioni to the Rockets. They got back an expiring contract in, uh, in some name I can't even pronounce. Right? We'll have Anthony tell you. Yeah, he knows, our NBA expert. They got back um, Alexi Sved, who was once on the Timberwolves, now playing with the Rockets. He's a shooting guard. He can shoot the ball, has some talent. He played overseas before he came over to the NBA. But he's not a piece where... He's going to help the Knicks. No, he's just there. In any way whatsoever. He was he's just an filling the spot. Contract yeah, that exactly. Got. He can dump and say, hey, here's some more money I have to play with in coming up for this summer when he wants to go for Gasol or Aldridge or Rondo, whatever else the dream he has that he hopes. And let me tell you, I love this trade for the Knicks. They traded Pablo Prigioni, who was a good player for them, but he's turning 38 in May. And the Knicks, obviously, we've talked about this so many times on this show. They're not going anywhere. So you're trading Prigioni. You got back two second-round picks. And you know what? If you're the Knicks, who could potentially have the number one overall pick in June, you want to stockpile picks. You want to stockpile talent to go around Mello and whatever you could hopefully bring in during free agency. So on one side of the bridge, I thought the Knicks made a nice move today. On the other side, we'll get to the Nets right now because what Billy King has done has 
really set that franchise back. They don't have a pick until 2018. Well, Billy King's really set that but, franchise back. But here's the thing with the Nets today. They they were trying to trade Brooke Lopez, which felt like for weeks. They end up not only not trading Brooke Lopez, they don't do anything. They trade Kevin Garnett away to Minnesota. They get back a nice player and Thad Young. But, you know, for the Nets, they're still hampered by these bad contracts and their inability to unload Brooke Lopez's deal. It's or just Joe a, Johnson. And, and Johnson as well. You knew you weren't going to be able to unload Williams' deal, but really shame on Billy King and the Nets for not being able to get anything for Lopez because now you're looking at this team in the offseason. They're going to be really restricted in what they could do in the offseason. They're very restricted in what they could do in the offseason. You know, every, they're in cap hell, so to speak, between Williams, Johnson, and Lopez. It's very tough for them to really do anything. How, I mean, they, it seemed like last night they were close to the, making a deal with the Pistons that would have sent, I think it was a three-team trade, Anthony, correct, that would have tra- sent Reggie Jackson to the Nets. And w- was that with the Joe Johnson to the Pistons? It seemed like that was set. And it just fell through in the late night, early morning. It never really came to fruition. I mean, if that trade were to go through, I would say, well, at least the Nets could get the Joe Johnson contract off their hands. They they couldn't do anything, and they trade Kevin Garnett. And what does it do? It completely closes the book on the Kevin Garnett, uh, Paul Pierce era in, in Brooklyn, which lasted a year and a half, which was just a dreadful trade that they made. And it closes the book on that. And, you know, you only, you only are counting down the days of Billy King's the GM of the Nets anymore. I mean, he's just done a dreadful job here. And they are Really, I mean, this is becoming a two- or three-year process. They are in cap hell. They really have no room to make any moves. And let's be honest here, the Knicks sit with 10 wins right now. The Knicks are in a much, much better shape than the Nets are here on the trade. Which doesn't tell you that much, but, I mean, just puts it in perspective. As bad as the Knicks are, if the Nets were relevant in in New York City at all, people would be killing Darren Williams. Darren Williams would be – people get on mellow. Darren Williams would be the biggest – bust in this city's history if Darren Williams played for the Knicks. He's been that bad. But I want to pull something up. Once again, I tweeted this about an hour ago, which really uh, blew up Twitter. Cumulative results of Darren Williams, Gerald Wallace, Joe Johnson, and the KG and Pierce trade under Billy King's watch. Currently still on the team, Joe Johnson, who the Nets tried to trade today, they couldn't. Darren Williams, and they acquired Thad Young today in a deal. They traded Devin Harris. They traded Derek Favors. They traded the 2011 number three pick. That turned into Ernest Cantor. They traded the 2012 number six pick. That turned into Damian Lillard. 2013 number 21 pick. That turned into Georgie Diang. 2014 number 17 pick, James Young. And in 2015, they don't have a pick. That's the Hawks pick. So if the Nets miss the playoffs, and we talked about this on last week's show, the Hawks could essentially win the NBA championship, in theory. The Nets could miss the playoffs, and the Hawks could be in the lottery again, which is unbelievable. 2015, they have a pick swap with Boston. 2016, they don't have a first rounder. 2017, they don't have a second rounder. And 2018, they don't even have their first rounder. So the Nets' first pick that they have is a 2017 first rounder, and then they won't have a first round pick till 2019. Wow. Unbelievable. And Billy King is still employed by this team. Well, and the only reason he's still employed, Jake, we talked about this last week, the only reason Billy King is still employed is because the powers that be above him are going to change. You know, Prokhorov's made it clear he's going to sell the team. He's looking for a buyer. Once he sells the team, once there's new ownership in hand, Billy King will be fired, and there will be a new man in charge of basketball operations with the new with the Brooklyn Nets, I should say. It's just been a disaster. Darren Williams, when they got him, I mean, he was one of the premier point guards in the NBA. And we talked about it last night, guys. It was him and Chris Paul. The yeah. question was, who's better? Now, I mean... 
Deron Williams, not only he's not even a top 15 point guard in the NBA. His career's really fallen off the ankles, whatever it's been, but he has been an absolute disaster for the Brooklyn Nets. And it was just a couple of years ago, we talked about it, that they signed into a big contract extension. Remember, there were talks to him, will he go to Dallas? What is he going to do? He decided to stay in Brooklyn and end up being a, a terrible move for the Brooklyn Nets. Is they just, like I said, they continue to be hindered by a terrible salary cap situation. And it's going to be a long way back to the top for the Nets because remember, they do not have the flexibility the New York Knicks have at the end of the season. The Knicks have a lot of flexibility. They have a lot of contracts coming off the books. Only a few players are even under contract for next season with the New York Knicks. Brooklyn Nets is not the same situation, and it's really just uh, Billy King. It's just it's just been a nightmare. It really has been a nightmare with salary cap situation with Billy King. But I mean, they couldn't even move. The, you 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 thought at least last night, that they'd be able to move maybe Joe Johnson. It looked like they were going to be able to move Joe Johnson. That wasn't the case. Couldn't move anyone. They really didn't accomplish, what did, they didn't accomplish anything this break. They traded Kevin Garnett, and, uh, you know, he wasn't. He really wasn't doing much anyway. So it's just been an, it's been terrible for Bill. It really has been a, t- a dreadful first couple of years of the Barclays for the Nets. Yeah, it's been a terrible, terrible uh, season for the Nets and, and the Knicks. But I completely agree with you as far as the future goes because the Knicks this might have 10 wins right now, but the Nets' future is just pitiful. They don't have any picks. They have nothing looking forward no to. No cap space. No, nothing. Nothing. They, they just nothing for them. Prokhorov wants to sell a team. It's just, it's just not going well for them. And to think that one of those picks that they did give away turned into Damian Lillard. Imagine they had him on the team. To, to Just to think about that, you have Damian Lillard. I know at the, right now... You have Darren Williams, but Darren Williams hasn't been the Darren Williams since of, of old when he was with Chris Paul and Chris and, Paul talk in forever. And this is, yeah, and, and I think you make a good point, Anthony. This is not a year. This is not six months. He's not playing well this year. This is like three years he hasn't been the star guard. This guy shot 0 of 9 in a playoff game. I mean, it awful. He didn't score in a playoff game for, for, for a team pl- facing the defending champions last year. I mean, Darren Williams has just been awful. Once again, people want to kill Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony is twice the player that Darren Williams is right now. Quadruple the player. Melo, big-time player for this Knicks team going forward. Still has much of his career up. Darren Williams is a shell of his former self. And, you know, really is unbelievable. And we'll wrap up the Nets discussion with this because we originally talked about the Knicks trades. And the Nets did make a move today, though it wasn't the move that their fans wanted. They traded Kevin Garnett. We kind of touched on this with Thad Young. You know, Kevin Garnett, to me, I think he, I, I personally think that he's nearing the end of his career. I think he might retire at the end of this season. So I'm not surprised that he was willing to go back to Minnesota where it all began. But, Anthony, as someone that's watched Kevin Garnett and has been following the trade deadline all day, what did you think of that move? Uh, I thought that move was just a sentimental move pretty much where that KG would go back to where he, it all began for him in Minnesota and that he would think about maybe at the end of this year just calling it a career and retiring. But um, as we saw on Twitter and I was looking through my you know Twitter feed, Someone posted the idea that the the T Wolves decided that they really maybe they want to extend him to a, a contract extension. So, at this age in, of KG's and where he is in his career, I don't know if that's really the the best idea because how much you're really going to get out of him at this point of his career. But, I mean, it's where he began. I think it's just it's a it's another move for them to help um, mentor guys like Zach Levine, Andrew Wiggins, Gorgie Jang. 
all the young pieces that the Timberwolves have. You know, they're an exciting team. You just saw what Zach Levine did in the dunk contest. No, I, absolutely, and, and I agree with you as far. I think it's a, it's a sentimental move. I agree with you, Jake. I think he very well might retire at the end of the season. I think going back to the place where he started, and we see a lot of great players do that at times if, it, if, it, if it's available and it's possible. I just think his career is near in the end. But I think it really, just see, seeing that he was traded, it really just closes the book on such an awful deal the Nets made to bring Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. And you get a year and a half out of, out of Garnett, and you get a, just a year out of Pierce. He left for free agency, and it, it, it was just there was nothing there. It didn't result in anything. Uh, sure, a playoff series win, big deal. It just it, it was not the move the Nets should have made at the time. And a year and a half later, they have nothing to show for it. And you know what's unbelievable about that trade? If they had kept Paul Pierce, this team is a playoff team. Letting Paul Pierce go was a huge mistake. They overvalued his impact on the team. And the Nets, you know, they're competing for a playoff spot. They're ten games under five hundred. What does that really say? They're going nowhere. Whereas what does it mean? They're an eight seed. It, it, it means it, nothing. It means nothing because they can't I'd do anything. Tank. The Nets don't have cap space until two thousand sixteen anyway. So you know, the Nets are where you don't want to be. They're irrelevant, and their owners trying to sell the team. So. Obviously, as bad as things are for the Knicks, realistically, the Knicks could be a 50-plus win team if things go well next year. The Nets, they're going to be more of the same because this roster, for the most part, the way it's currently constructed is going to be the team you see the following season. And that's a that's a huge indictment on Billy King. And, you know, once again, we this is the kill the Billy King show, but, you know, it really is unbelievable. He's done a terrible that, job. That he, that he has the job. And as Dimitri Adratis tweeted me on Twitter, he's a host on WFAN, he, he, he found it baffling that Billy King got the job in the first place after what he did with the Sixers and, you know, putting them in the situation that they're still building out of. So, you know, overall with the Nets, really more of the same. And before we pick some of the winners and losers of today's trading deadline. I want to touch on Aaron Afalo because he got traded from the Nuggets. He's going to the Trailblazers. Anthony, as a, as a Western Conference guy, you watch a lot of the Thunder games. You're a big Thunder fan. What do you think of that move and the way it impacts the playoff race? Uh, I thought that was a big, big addition for Portland because Portland's been struggling for years and years with their bench and they haven't had a bench production for, for so long. Um, they, their starting five is arguably one of the best starting fives in the NBA between Robin Lopez, LaMarcus Aldridge, Nicholas Batum, Damian Lillard, Wesley Matthews, um, definitely one of the best starting fives. Um, they compete with the same division as the Thunder, so and as you know, the Thunder are a very high-powered team. Obviously, as you can see this year, they started off slow because of the injuries, but the addition of Aaron Aflalo to the Portland Trailblazers is huge for them because they need someone to come up the bench and can really help them score the ball. They've struggled so long. They tried so many people. Will Barton, they drafted. Uh, Nolan Smith, they drafted out of Duke, and they thought he was going to pan out. CG Nolan McCollum. Smith. Nolan Smith. No one's. He was a second round pick. He was a pick. Where's yeah. he? Is he? Where is he now? He's not in the NBA. I anymore. couldn't tell you where he is, but he ain't on the Portland Trailblazers anymore. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I do like Aaron Flalo a lot. I, I was hoping the Thunder would end up picking picking him up at some point, but uh, I like him a lot. Yeah, I mean that's an interesting move of follow. Just real quick on the on the Mavs getting Amari Stoudemire. I want to get to that on the show. Do you like the move as far as the Mavs being able to pick up Amari Stoudemire? I love the move about Amari Stoudemire um, for the Mavs. I think. He has some left in his. I know his knees are bad, but I think he has some left um, for a contender, a player from contender that can come in and, go, and offer 20, 25 minutes, maybe a little less. You know, the Mavs were very, very um, uh, small up front besides Tyson Chandler, and it also re- reunites like the old Knicks type of move. Where I know if Felton didn't pan out for the Knicks, but Felton Chandler. But for a certain period Amari, of time, he did. For for a certain, yeah, he did, he did. Um, but yeah, I, I do like the move. I think he'll help out a lot. But they need more up front because the West is just so deep, and there's so many big guys in the West. If you don't have big men, you're not gonna make it out. 
I, I like the Amari move for him coming off the bench. I do too. He, he's a guy that can provide some scoring. Amari's not a bad player. I mean, his body deteriorated, but, you know, I always appreciate what Amari brought to the Knicks. You know, people could say, oh, that they paid him all the money, and that's true. The Knicks gave him a lot of money, but he always represented the organization with class. He meant he, he wanted what was best for the team. He was willing to accept a lesser role when Carmelo got traded to the team. If you remember that first year, Amari was the MVP of the league for that first half of the season. He was phenomenal. He had nine straight 30-point games. I mean, the guy was just awesome. It was the last great year of his career. Yeah, and, you know, it really is unfortunate what's happened to him, but I'm, I'm happy he's going to get an opportunity to, to play with a contending team. And, you know, same with Tyson Chandler. But, you know, for the Knicks, real quick, before we, we get to the winners and the losers of the deadline, you, you look at this Knicks team. Two years ago, they won 54 games. The only player that's still on the team with the Prigioni trade today that was on that team two years ago, Carmelo Anthony. He's not even playing right now. You have an entirely new team playing for the Knicks within two years when they won 54 games. And that, that alone is out, is just astonishing to, you know, to, to really think about it. It's kind of mind-blowing how, how fall this team has fallen off. But you know what? Phil Jackson is going to have an opportunity to fix it. And hopefully, you know, as you know, the two of us are both Nick fans, Dan and I, hopefully he does because right now, you know, basketball in New York City, when you, we just talked about the Nets, but the Knicks, they're awful as well. But we just wanted to point that out, that no one besides Carmelo Anthony remaining on the Knicks was on that 54-win team two years ago. And that, that's unbelievable. Yeah, and real quick on Amar, I think you sum up his career in New York. I think it had its ups and downs. I think it, overall I would say disappointing. I mean, you expected more out of, out of that. But he he was hurt, bad injuries. And he came back every time. No, he, he, he exactly. Had, you know, his body you know, there's, fell apart. There's his body fell. He's a good guy, though. He's a good guy. And that's and I, why New Yorkers respect him. And that's him. why New Yorkers respect They're him. They're not ripping him. And he doesn't, yeah. get, mm-hmm. he doesn't get ripped like a lot of bad contracts do in New York. I mean, we've seen, you know. Because as bad as Amari's contract was, the Knicks gave, the Knicks gave a five-year deal to Jerome Jones and Eddie Curry's yeah. contract. Oh, and Stephon I, Marbury. So. And I think, you, I think you could say collectively that Amari, that's much better. The Amari contract. Contracts, just for what you got and what Mari was, it's a lot better than Jerome James. And listen, and, whether or not Melo would have came without Amari, I don't need to argue that. But the point is, at the end of the day, Amari Stoudemire represented the Knicks organization with class. He was a good guy, and that's why you know Knicks fans, they're happy to see him get a chance to contend. And obviously, it didn't work out the way we all thought it was going to work out when he said the Knicks are back in 2010 when he signed here. But Well, they were back for you know, a very short period of time. You know, they for, were back. Now that, they're gone again. Uh, the, now they're gone the, again. The, the, the Knicks have left, and it's up to Phil Jackson to bring them back and who's ever making the decisions there with him. But you know, the bottom line is, if you want me to kill Amari, it's very easy to get on him. But he's a good guy, and it's unfortunate what happened with him. And I wish him the best with Dallas, and I think he's, that's a very nice addition for this Mavericks team. But as we move along, before we conclude this show right here, I just want to point out, give it the old social media plug, follow the show on Twitter at Asman Budick Show and a special shout out to our producers Jake Chernock, Mike Evinsky, Connor Weingarten and Jake Goldberg on the other side of the glass. We actually are on the other side of the glass today which is the first time we've done studio production here in room 143. Usually we're on a remote location but we like it in here. It's nice and comfortable. Well, you know, cozy. I-, I think this is going to be a permanent setup. You know, we're Usually on the move, you know. Anthony's we don't really not always have a here. Home here. We're on. The, we don't have a home. We're on the move. We're here. We're there. We're up in in rooms. You know, something we're in. Pro, we're in the uh, WICB production room doing the show. But this is a nice space here, and we got the guys on the other side of the glass working the board. Goldberg, of course, doing his thing. Well, I just really wanted to say a special thank you to the guys on the other side of the glass. On the other side of the glass. And I've always wanted to say that. You know what I'm going to do? I'll tweet. I'll tweet a picture once we wrap up the show of exactly what this other side of the glass looks like up close. Got a great view of Jake Chernock right now. I am loving the room though. This is a very nice setup. 
We got the TV back here with the logo. It's it's very nice. Very important that we have the logo. You can see so it on the Twitter account. Check the Twitter account. Yeah. So once again, there that that was a massive Twitter uh, exposure right there. But there you have it. And real quick, I just want to uh, thank the people over at the Prospect Blog. As today, I woke up and uh, oh, of I was course. on a I list saw. of twenty under twenty influential people. I'm not. I'm nineteen years old, so it's nice to be able to be on that list. And they give a shout out to our show. They mentioned Dan, of course, as the co-host of the program and the production that we do. So I want to thank everyone for very cool. Being a part of that list, thank you to Prospect for putting me on that list. Uh, it's on Twitter if anyone has any interest in, in viewing it, but I wanted to thank them personally on the show for the opportunity. But real quick before we wrap up the NBA trade deadline special that we're doing, winners and losers. My personal loser has to be Philadelphia, just for getting rid of Carter Williams. Winners, I love what the Thunder did. They brought in four good players that are going to help them. Even if they cut Novak, it still allowed them to make a big-time move. And I think the Thunder positioned themselves very nicely towards sneaking into that playoff spot at number eight. Yeah, when I talk about winners, I agree. I think the Thunders are a Thunder a winner. I got to go with Philly too, Jake. I don't get. I, I get like you, you want to trade and you want to accumulate draft picks, but I think Michael Carter Williams was a piece for the future, and I think the fan base was really, really liked, really liked Michael Carter Williams, and really was seeing him as someone that this team was going to win with down the line, not a piece to trade off. Another loser, I got to throw, even though you know it, it's pretty irrelevant as far as the play of the Nets. I think they really needed to get rid of a contract. I thought they were close with Joe Johnson. It fell through as of early this morning. And it just it didn't work out. I think the Nets are, you know, like we said earlier in the show, really set themselves up for, you know, not, nothing really going on in the offseason. Like we said, they're really in a bad cap situation. Yeah, my winners and losers, um, I, I think the Thunder definitely came out on top. They're, they're definitely the winner of the day with all the, with the haul they got back and their, to make their playoff push to get into the eighth seed and maybe even higher in the Western Conference because I don't think anyone in the Western Conference wants to play a, a motivated Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant in the playoffs. Um, my losers uh, for the day would definitely be the Nets, the Knicks, and definitely the Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz unloaded Ennis Canner basically for Kendrick Perkins and a couple picks, and Perkins are not even keeping. They're going to buy him out, and they're going to get nothing in return but a couple picks. Uh, so definitely the Jazz, as well as even the Sixers. I know they're unloading picks, and they just want to do pick after pick after pick in this coming up draft. So we'll see what happens with them, but that would be for me. I don't know about you guys, but uh, that's for me. No, I, you know, I think we said. I think you make all good points. Like we said, just the Sixers. I didn't really understand the move. I get getting picks, but I was very surprised to see on Twitter that they traded Michael Carter Williams. Very surprised. I was as well, and uh, it was interesting. Some of the teams they kind of laid low. They stayed quiet. But real quick to summarize the local teams, the Knicks traded Prigioni, ended up getting two second rounders, and the guy that is an expiring contract for them that really won't play. It was a very tough name to pronounce. I won't even bother. And the Nets, they traded Kevin Garnett, and they got back Thad Young. Nice move Kevin for Kevin Garnett's going to likely wrap up his career yep. in Minnesota. Is what it is, and we already spent half the show ripping on Billy King, as we did last week, too, because it really is mind-boggling that he is still the general manager of a team that's in New York. But once again, people just don't care about the Nets, where we are. And they, the, the Knicks are the brand, the Knicks are the team. and Knicks are the team in New York, until the, the, the Nets say otherwise, until, until the Nets win, really, consistently. Uh, the Knicks are, are always going to be the team in New York. And that's kind of how it unfolded, but this was a lot of fun. We had Anthony Leo on from oh, it was a blast. Long Island office. Long Island office. So, we also have a Miami office now. Uh, we do, so a uh, special shout-out to Jake Hackinson out at the University of Miami for putting that together for us. We have an office, a very beautiful setup there, really nice. Can't wait to check it out, and uh, real quick, any final thoughts before we wrap up? Obviously, Anthony, we appreciate you coming on. Oh, thanks, guys, for having me. You know, I definitely want to be able to do this again in the future. 
Uh, it's fun to be up here and get some time on the show with you guys. It's cold, right? It's it, cold it, up it's here. It's definitely cold. It's cold. But we're adjusting, you know? It's it's all right. We'll, it, it's worth it. It's definitely worth it. And tell everyone your Twitter handle so they can give you a follow. Uh, my Twitter handle is uh, A underscore Leo 35. You can get me there on Twitter. Um, most of my tweets are just basically NBA tweets, so I'm your NBA insider if you need a guy. And he runs the Long Island office. The, the Long Island office. Let me tell you, we have great coffee at that office. Great coffee and bagels. And bagels. Yeah, bad coffee, bagels. Coffee, the lot. bagels, the whole thing. And Long Island. Yeah, it's a great office. If you couldn't tell that Dan's from Long Island based on his accent <laughs> through, through the 35 <laughs> episodes or the 38 episodes, whatever it is that we've produced of this. No, show. it's it's a Long Island. So we got we got the Ithaca office, obviously, which we're we're primary located at. But we got the Long Island office, and now we have the Miami office. I can't wait to visit the Miami office. Looking forward to it. But that's gonna do it for us. He's Anthony. He's Dan. I'm Jake saying so long, everybody. Thanks for joining us on another edition of the Asmund Abedic Show. So long. Thank you for listening to the Asmund Abedic Podcast. Make sure you go on to iTunes and subscribe to the show.